I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 103 of the Dynasty Debates podcast, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty fantasy football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or just let want to let me know things you want to hear more of or less of on the show, that is all good. Guys, hopefully you're enjoying these divisional breakdowns. I am just honestly getting more and more excited as every day goes by. Football is back, baby. Here we go again. Just a reminder, PSA, a lot of these episodes from now until the season have been pre-recorded. I am away on some holidays, three weeks in the US of A. Really excited, but I didn't want to leave y'all hanging with the content. So some of these, some of the, some of the takes might be a little bit outdated by a couple weeks, but bear with me. I would say 90, 95% of it still super solid, super actionable advice. We are wrapping up uh, Jennifer Piacenti's time with us. She was able to get through three of the four teams on the NFC West, and it has been an absolute pleasure. Go check her work out over on Twitter at Jen Piacenti. She is a full-time journalist over there with Sports Illustrated. She covers Major League Baseball as well as the NFL, which blows my mind. She's also on SiriusXM. She does basically everything, and she rocks. So yeah, check her work out. It's been an absolute pleasure having her on the show. But let's dive into these 49ers. The main event. Fight! Talking NFC West, it has been an absolute treat so far. Go back and check out the Rams and the Cardinals if you haven't already. Jennifer is here. She is dropping knowledge bombs left, right, and center. No one is safe. Um, she is an amazing <laughs> analyst over at Sports Illustrated. Check out her work on Twitter at Jen Pye. Nope. Piacenti, I almost said Piacenti, apologies, how rude of me, um, but she's an absolute awesome guest and really, 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 really smart lady, so I don't know why I'm here, I should just be letting her talk the whole time, <laughs> but we're going to talk San Francisco 49ers, we're going to talk a very interesting team with a lot in limbo at the moment, Jen, are you ready for this? Let's do it, the, these last two NFC West teams are kind of, they're very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> they are. There's so much potential and there's so there many is. problems. Exactly. So if we're going back, we're doing a quick recap as we have been with the divisional series. We're going to talk sort of how they finished off last season, any major changes they made in the offseason and what we expect for 2022. They finished 10 and 7, third in the division, but they did make the playoffs. And to be honest, they were sort of a last minute complete meltdown away from potentially going to the Super Bowl. So they did really, really well. Um, they did lose Mike McDaniel, the OC, to the Dolphins as head coach. So that is a bit of a loss there. However, I think we all know Kyle Shanahan is a bit of a mastermind there behind the scenes. So I don't expect the type of play, the game style to change that much. Um, they did lose their quarterback, wide receiver, and tight ends coach as well. So again, that is a loss. There is a changing of the guard there. There's a lot happening. They haven't appointed a new quote-unquote OC at the minute. It is just Kyle Shanahan running the show. They did bring in Anthony Lynn as the assistant head coach 
coach and running backs coach, which I suppose you can look at that different ways. I a little bit concerns me, but <laughs> I mean, I think there are some positives, but it's kind of worrying when he wasn't able to, to hack it with the lions and now he's with the 49ers. So um, they did bring back Jeff Wilson. Um, like he of the, uh, the famous, you know, major league baseball breakdown brawl that happened that I'm sure uh, Jen is well versed in. He signed a one-year deal, just over 1 million to come back. In the draft, they did draft a running back again, Tyrion Davis-Price in round three, and a speedster wide receiver, Danny Gray, also in round three. And last, but certainly by no means least, they still, as of this recording, have not traded Jimmy G. Dun, dun, dun. A lot going on, a lot to unpack, Jen. What are your initial feelings and thoughts about the 49ers? That it's a mess. (laughs) (laughs) it's a mess and I don't have a lot of confidence in this team but that that's always difficult to say because Kyle Shanahan can win no matter what and I always expect very little and they always overperform so probably they'll end up in the same way that you know they have which is overperforming and somehow finding their way into the postseason I mean they've been able to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo and now they have Trey Lance supposedly I mean we'll talk more about that so uh, yeah I'm not super confident in them, but that being said, you may not listen to what I say. You may just want to say, but Kyle Shanahan always finds a way to win. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is, he's just like the, oh man, he is the poison chalice for fantasy football managers Mm -hmm. because if you can get on the right side, man, it is a, it is a gold mine, but it is so frustrating. It's like playing Russian roulette half the time, trying to figure out what he's going to do. And to that point, if we look at last season's sort of underlying statistics for the 49ers, that's what we're trying to do is piece together. What is this team going to look like? What are their strengths going to be? As far as pace of play, they were 29th in pace of play, which I don't love. Um, very, very slow, almost slowest in the league in pace of play, very methodical, um, just kind of plodding along, doing their thing. However, interestingly enough, If we look at DVOA, which is a kind of advanced statistic talking about defensive value over expected or over average, they were fifth in DVOA, which tells you just how good and efficient and productive they were as an offense. That's really impressive considering how slow of a pace of play and the question marks over some of their skill position players, such as Jimmy G with him being injured and things last year and just being, you know, probably not the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Now, if we look at their actual success rates for running, for passing, because we want to see what did they excel at? What did they not excel at? Or did they excel at everything? When we're talking success rates, again, just to not, I just don't want to be too jargony. Basically, when we're looking into these statistics, a play would be considered successful when it gains at least 40% of yards to go on a first down, 60% of yards to go on a second down, or 100% of yards to go on third or fourth down. The 49ers had a 49% success rate in run, which was only 19th, and a 48% success rate in pass, which was 12th. 48% total success rate, which was 13. So it was top third of the league. And so here's where it gets even more messy, right? So we know they like to run the football. We know that they can be very good at running the football. But when it comes to targets and how they're throwing, they were 29th in pass attempts. They only threw the ball 464 times. So not a very big pie to slice. Um, They were 26th in targets to wide receiver, 270, which is only just over, it was 58% of their targets went to the wide receiver. So again, if you think back to what we were talking about with the Rams, we were talking about they were pushing 75%. These guys are only at 58% of their targets, which was already a small pie to begin with. They were 22nd in targets to running backs and tight ends at 20.7 and 21.1%. So again, it is just a mess. There's not a very big pie when it comes to the targets. They kind of split it in weird ways. Nobody gets a lion's share. Um, There's a lot going on. Their 
best wide receiver last year was a running back half the time. So obviously that's just a lot to try and piece, piece together, get your head around and decide where you want to invest for fantasy. What are your, th- I know you've already mentioned it, Jen, but like if you had to put a number on your confidence level for the fantasy pieces going into 2022 between one and 10, where are you putting a number here? I mean, like as far as the fantasy pieces, my confidence level, I would say only like a six because I have no idea how these people are going to be used. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm basically right pretty close to, I'm at like a six and a half because I think I, again, like you've mentioned, we know there will be goodness. We know that it will be exciting some pieces, but we're really scared about trying to figure out who those pieces are. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, we do talk here. It's just sort of actionable advice, like a, a player to buy a player to get rid of a player to stash. I personally would come down on the Trey Lance side of this. I do believe they start with Trey Lance. I believe they're going to roll Trey Lance out there. I do think he's going to be really good for fantasy because of his rushing upside. But I believe you come down on the other side of this. But who's your first sort of buy? Like, who are you looking to acquire? Get on your team before the fantasy season begins. So my first buy is still George Kittle. He was actually the number two receiver on the team behind Debo Samuel. He saw 94 targets and he had the best catch rate at 75.5%. So we do know they do target their tight ends in San Francisco. Now, of course, that was with Jimmy Garoppolo. So all of this, you know, but rookie Quarterbacks, and and I'm still giving Trey Lance rookie credit here, uh, do often try to go to their tight ends. It makes a lot of sense that they would. But, you know, George Kittle, the most efficient receiver as well, um, he he was just really, really good um, last year. 75.5% catch rate, as I said, 5.1 catches per game. That's the best of the receivers. Of course, the number one receiver was Debo Samuel with 1,405 yards, but there's a lot of question marks around Debo Samuel. He requested a trade in the offseason. He wasn't happy with the way he was being used as kind of a hybrid running back wide receiver person. So as far as people being happy, and and listen, even with Brandon Ayuk, I love Brandon Ayuk. I love his wingspan. I think he's fantastic. For whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan had some kind of issue with him and didn't use him. So there's just so many question marks. But the one person there doesn't ever seem to a question mark about is George Kittle. And because the tight end is such a difficult position, it's nice to sometimes have that positional scarcity advantage and get one of those top guys. And I don't think we need to doubt too much about Kittle, you know, minus health, of course, anything can happen, but he's probably going to finish at least a top five tight end. And that gives you a good advantage at a scarce position. Yeah. I I mean, George Kittle is so much fun to watch as well. He's got to be probably the most fun watch of all the tight ends. I would say just, just love the dude. Um, my buy is actually Brandon. Ayuk. the, the aforementioned Brandon. Ayuk. I think he came out. There was a lot of hype for him as a rookie. Uh, Debo Samuel missed a lot of time in his in Brandon. Ayuk's rookie year. He did really well. I think everyone got really excited and kind of overhyped him last year. And then he really disappointed. Uh, I think we all have that memory in our heads very, very brightly because a lot of people were taking him in like the fifth, sixth round, you know, of their drafts and just getting really, really excited, maybe planning on him being their wide receiver too, things like that. And in the first six, seven weeks of the year, it was terrible. It was atrocious. He was not getting targeted. He was being out snapped by guys off the street. It was not pretty for whatever reason. From what I can piece together now, this is just me trying to read the tea leaves here. It seems like there were some issues with maybe maturity, his play style. Um, He wasn't buying into Kyle Shanahan's philosophy. And certainly one thing I will say about Kyle Shanahan is it's definitely his way or the highway. Um, So if you're not going to do things his way, you are going to ride the bench no matter who you are. He does not care what draft capital he's 
spent on you um, or what your surname is. So I think if we look at it and we actually kind of try and dissect it a little bit, I believe they had their bye week week six um, when they came back from their bye week. So the first six weeks of the season were atrocious. They came back week seven was a bit of a slow start, but weeks eight to 17. So the second half of the fantasy season, he was actually wide receiver 14. So he was just outside of a wide receiver one, and that's with Jimmy G. That's with a low passing volume. That's with Debo Samuel balling out. And right now, Brandon Ayuk is being valued as wide receiver 38. So I feel like he's just one of your classic post-hype sleepers. I feel like he's got really good draft capital. He had a good production profile. We've seen him be successful in the NFL. There was a weird blip on the radar going into his second year, but actually we still saw solid production in his second year. And I think Personally, Trey Lance does take the job and become the starter. And I think his skill set meshes really well with Trey Lance because Trey Lance isn't afraid to throw outside the hashes. He's not just going to focus down the middle of the field. He won't be afraid to throw the ball a little bit deeper at times. I think that could mesh really well with Ayuk, even if there's not a major passing volume there. And again, to your point, there is rumors of Debo potentially wanting out of town, things like that, in which case he automatically becomes the wide receiver one. We know there's goodness to be had in Sam Fran. We just don't want to pay too much for it. But I feel like a wide receiver 38 numbers, you're certainly not having to overextend yourself to try and get Brandon Ayuk on the roster. Now, we've talked acquisition. What about farewells? So this this name here pains me. It hurts my heart to say I'm reading it on the dock here yeah. and I'm going to have to hold back tears. Mm-hmm. Um Jen, we've come such a long way together, but we're going to have to part separate ways here because you've got Trey Lance down as your goodbye. See you later. Explain yourself. Yeah. So where Trey Lance is going in drafts right now is much too high for me. Um, He's often coming off the board as QB 14. I don't want him more than I want Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. I'll be really honest. And I understand the rushing upside, but this guy had a 57.7% completion rate last year and passed for 100 yards per game. So if we like Trey Lance so much, then we have to cool the Jets on all the receivers too. And it's not great for fantasy. Um, I am not even sure he's going to have the job. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. And I'm not even sure that he really meshes that well with the Kyle Shanahan way of play for the quarterback who seems to be more of a game manager. And Trey Lance may want to be more of a running back. Now, maybe this will all work out. They certainly saw a lot for him. But basically, where he's going right now, I have yet to be in a situation, I've done a lot of drafts, where I felt like that value was okay. There are so many other players I would rather have right there or take a chance on. So in Dynasty, certainly, of course, you're going to have Trey Lance. There's so much potential. But for this year in redraft, yeah, I know, very shocking. And this is very against uh, the general consensus. But I am out on Trey Lance. I, the most I would want him for is to pick him up on the waiver wire and try to stream him uh, again. Not not fantastic numbers. Six games last year, 603 passing yards. Oh, man. This is this is spice. Spice alert. It is very spicy. Um, five, five alarm fire here. Yep. Definitely. Jen is going to get canceled on Twitter yep, for sure. Yeah, I am. 100%. <laughs> no, I respect, I respect you um, <laughs> standing by your convictions here, even if I do not share them. But my goodbye, see you later, is actually Debo Samuel. And again, before I dive into this real quick, I just want to say, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm not saying he's not a stud. What I am saying is he's being valued as the wide receiver six at the moment on sleeper um, for dynasty purposes that concerns me a little bit because for multiple reasons again don't want to go too long-winded on it but 
he has had durability issues all the way back to college. He's missed time multiple seasons. Um, so that is one concern. Another concern is what made him so incredibly successful this year was his utilization as a running back and as a wide receiver. He had 51 rush attempts this season. He had 45 of them in the second half of the season. So literally in the last couple of weeks, he was literally being used as a running back a lot of the time. And it was awesome. And it was really successful for fantasy. But that seemingly even Debo is recognizing that's not good for him and his longevity. He's not happy with that role from what we all, from what we hear, what we understand. That's one of the reasons why he requested a trade. He doesn't like being utilized like that. He knows that shortens his lifespan in the NFL. He doesn't want that. So if that either, if he gets himself into, you know, Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, that's a really bad thing. (laughs) Or if he forces his way into his change utilization and he's just a wide receiver and Trey Lance does take over and there is a smaller pie to share, that's a really bad thing. So I feel like, there's almost no way for him not to disappoint you if you've got wide receiver five or six expectations for him this year. So I would sort of be looking at cashing out because I'm certainly happy if I can have him as my wide receiver two or wide receiver three on a team. Maybe you've held on to him for a couple of years. That seems great. But again, in Dynasty, you sort of have to read the market and look at either cashing out when things have gone too far one way or buying in when they've gone too far the other way. I feel like it's gone a little bit too high. If he's being valued as a top five, top six dynasty wide receiver, I would be happy, happy, happy to take a quote-unquote sidestep into a Jalen Waddle plus or something like that on top of it. Um, I feel like the the upside is certainly there to to risk it for that, especially in dynasty. So that would be my sort of goodbye, see you later. Um, and again, it's just about cost. What about sneaky stash? So we've already talked about there's a lot of goodness to be had. We want the value. Where do you see the value at the moment on this roster, Jen? Okay, I see a sticky snatch value in Jeff Wilson Jr., who just signed that one-year contract. I do think Elijah Mitchell will be the number one guy, but we've seen Jeff Wilson be phenomenal before when put in a leading running back position. And as we know, Kyle Shanahan can change his mind at any moment, and it is very easy to get injured playing this game of football. So he's going so late. Uh, You can definitely get Jeff Wilson Jr., but also my other sneaky snatches, and this is so gross, but it's actually Jimmy G., And I don't think Jimmy G is very good. I really don't. Um, But he could be the starting quarterback. And this is for super flex leagues only. I should qualify not for a regular 12 quarterback league, Uh, but he could, he could be, he can be efficient. He can put up decent floor. If you need him as a late stash, like I said, and there is still the possibility he gets traded. And if that's the case, if he ends up playing for the Seahawks or something like that, then you could have a starting quarterback. So again, this is a sneaky snatch, not for dynasty, uh, for super flex redraft leagues. If it's the last, last pick, I, I would take a shot on Jimmy G if all the quarterbacks are going off the board. Nice. Yeah, we have, it looks like we've had similar sort of thought processes here. We love the Kyle Shanahan run game. We don't want to pay up too much because we just never know who he's going to go with. One year it was Raheem Mostert. One year it was Matt Breida. One year it's, you know, somebody else off the street, Elijah Mitchell. We just never know. But I did note that Tyrion Davids Price, as we've mentioned, was a third round pick. They probably spent that for a reason. Um, He comes in RB48 on sleeper at the moment in Superflex ADP startup. And Trey Sermon, who was a complete bust last year, super disappointing. But you never know. That's right. Another year in the system. He's had time to learn the system, learn the expectations, figure out what is expected of him. He's coming in RB64. So these are guys that are just super, super cheap. Um, Trey Sermon, you might even find on the waiver wire, or you can get somebody to throw him into a trade if you're trying to do something bigger. The, The San Francisco 49ers had the fifth most rush attempts last year. 499 rush attempts. I don't see that really necessarily going down much. They love to run the game. That's one of you know Kyle Shanahan's trademarks. I think that any of those sort of pieces, Jeff Wilson Jr., Tyrion Davis Price, um, 
Trey Sermon, obviously anybody you can find super cheap or on the waiver wire is worth taking a shot on. Uh, even if it's just for a couple of weeks, it can be a difference of, you know, getting a couple extra wins, get you into the playoffs. And just to wrap things up here, Jen, do you have a bold prediction for us with the, with the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah. My bold prediction is that they do not trade Jimmy G before the season. Oh dear. And are you suggesting then that they ride with Jimmy G? Like, is he starting for you in this bold prediction? I, I think he's starting. I'm sorry. Oh no. I hope I'm wrong, but it was not good at OTAs for Trey Lance. I'm going to have to go the other way here. My bold prediction is that Trey Lance is the starter for the, for the season. And he finishes as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy football based on his rushing upside. That's going to be a bold, spicy prediction. One of us will be very right and one of us will be very rare, very wrong, it seems, at this stage. But again, thank you so much, Jen, for taking time to hop on. It's been amazing to chat to you. We haven't had time, unfortunately, to get through all of the teams, but I know you're a super busy lady. you got stuff to do. Is there What is the best place people can check out all your work? Because I really enjoy your work. I think it's fantastic. And I know a lot of it's on Sports Illustrated, but where all can they see or hear your work? Yeah, Sports Illustrated is the best place to find me uh, under the fantasy or betting headlines. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jen Piacenti, and I'll have other links there as well. I'll be on MLB Network from time to time, as well as my podcast should be returning this fall with Extra Points Network. So um, I'm actually in 10 minutes. You're not listening to this live, but going to be on Sirius XM too. So you can check that out as well. Uh, I will be on on Sirius XM channel 87 throughout the season. Amazing. Guys, definitely go and follow Jen. She is awesome. As you've heard, she knows her stuff. Multi-sports. She's a very smart lady and an amazing guest. Thanks again, Jen, for taking time here. And hopefully you won't be a stranger. Hopefully we'll see you on again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate